Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It is the second film in the Bill and Ted franchise and a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989. Station! <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter and George Carlin reprise their roles. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yes way, dude. Okay, <laughs> you're going to do that the whole time. <laughs> This is our second time talking Bill and Ted, and on the podcast, often I won't go back and do a sequel, and I feel we did Excellent Adventure, we've got Bill and Ted facing music around the corner, makes sense to do Bogus Journey. Why not? And watching it for the podcast, I think it's it's definitely the second time I've seen it, Hmm. but potentially the first time I've seen it start to finish. And I remember when we did Excellent Adventure, I had a fondness for this movie. And mm. I really remembered uh, Death as a character, always liked that. But there were so many elements from this movie that I had a memory of and that I liked. Mm. And I've got to be honest, between us two, I guess, and the listeners, mm. I've had so much regret since doing our review of Excellent Adventure. And it it rarely happens where I'll give a movie a rating and after the fact, I've not liked the fact that I've graded it as low as I have because I yeah. gave that movie 2.5 out of 5, mm. which is low. And in hindsight, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe it's a, more of a 3. I'm watching this movie and then I'm reminded and once again irritated by Bill and Ted, which for me personally, I'm worried for Face the Music. But I know this is a movie, this is a franchise loved by many, including yourself, Nathan. You much, are much beloved. Probably the biggest Bill and Ted fan that I know. Absolutely. But I am very curious, keen and curious to hear your take on it. Why, why you simultaneously both love them and loathe them? I mean, love's a bit strong. <laughs> I guess I, I like them. Well, you like I them with your, like, as you're, in your own words, you're irritated by them. I am irritated by them. I really don't know. You know, I recently re-watched Scary Movie 1 and 2. Mm. Grew up watching those movies, loving those movies. Yeah, they were like, funny. They came out when I was in college and watching them again recently. I had a tough time watching them. So maybe... It's frat boy humour. Yeah, so maybe that's a similar thing with what's going on here with mm. Bill and Ted. You know, I've talked about how I've had regret from grading Excellent Adventure so low. Yeah. And I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. But anyway, Dude, that's your prerogative. that movie, I know, but I feel like it's something, I really want to like it. And I feel like mm. it's something that I should like more than I do. I think you just need to allow yourself to like it. Maybe. Uh, well, you mentioned it. We're getting a, uh, you mentioned it off air, a comic that will bridge Bogus Journey and Face the Music. Correct. It's called Bill and Ted Are Doomed, published by Dark Horse Comics. I think it's going to run about four issues. And um, the artist and writer from the, the original series, Evan Dorkin, is returning to write this series. A new artist is coming on board to draw it, and he's bringing in Ed Solomon, one of the co-creators of Bill and Ted, to help him write. Well done. Completely from memory. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. And you know what? I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll read it. Because I'm, I'm still on my journey mm-hmm. to like Bill and Ted more than, more than I do. I think you'll get there, dude. I think you'll get there. Let's talk Bogus Journey then. This film's original working title was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. 
and the film's soundtrack featured the song Go to Hell by Megadeth. That's right. I mean, they pretty much do still go to hell. Mm. It's just not in not in the title. And the film, uh, which partially spoofs the Seventh Seal, received mixed reviews from critics, but has since gained a cult following like its predecessor. This movie had a budget of 20 million, 38 million at the box office. So it didn't do as well financially as that first movie. But again, like it's got cult status all these years mm-hmm. later. I mean, this is a movie that came out in 1991. I thought it was 93. Pretty sure it's 91. Okay. All right. And then all these years later, 2020, we get a third movie. We're getting a third movie. Excellent. The timing of the release of this movie wasn't the best. Mm. So this is a movie, you know, they've got a time machine. Mm. Time travel is involved. But unfortunately, this movie came out at a time where there was another movie that featured time travel. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mm. So this movie came out number two behind that one. Still not a bad effort. But, you know, it's not a movie you would want to compete with. Mm. Two robots, Evil Bill and Evil Ted, are sent by Chuck D. Nomalos to the 20th century where they try to stop their doppelgangers, Bill and Ted, from winning a band competition. Mm. I did read as well that the name of the villain is actually a play on the creator's names. Have you heard that? Hmm. No, I haven't heard that. So it's um it's Ed Solomon's name yep. spelled backwards. Wow. Yeah. That anomalous is Ed Solomon's name spelled backwards. So you know what? That's why I find it hard to say. That's crazy. Because I... it's just made up. Man, I can't believe I didn't know that. Being well, a big there you fan. Go. Stick you, with you, me. You, you literally do <laughs> learn something new every day. There you go. Wow. Uh this movie, uh, directed by Pete Hewitt. I don't know what else don't the guy's done. Nope. But this was his first movie. Did a pretty good job. Whatever reason, they didn't go back to the first movie's director. But yeah, you're right. He did do a good job. Uh, returning in this movie then, we've got Alex Winter as William Bill S. Preston. Esquire. He's also, to give him his full name, uh, he also plays Evil Bill, Granny S. Preston Esquire. Mm, he that's right. is terrifying. But you know what? It's all mm. in the eyes. Yeah. You can see that it's winter because he's just those eyes. I yeah, don't know. It's absolutely, and he is so menacing playing playing the granny. That's, I'll tell you something in a minute. Kick on. But more importantly, he's back playing Bill. Yes, of Bill and Ted, obviously. And outside of Bill and Ted, he has done Lost Boys. Mm. I think he's quite prolific. He, he's you know he's not a one hit wonder. Oh, okay. So we've got Bill and Ted. Lost Boys. Yeah. And he does narration for uh, documentaries and things as well. I think one, right, of his most, okay. one of his most recent ones was about technology. I just forget the name of it. That's cool. Cause mm. I, know he, I think he may have even directed it. He was involved with a movie called Freaks mm. many years ago. But outside of Bill and Ted and Lost Boys, I'm not too familiar with his work. Whereas, I mean, come on, we all know Keanu Reeves. Like, yeah. He's done a lot of stuff and he's back in this movie as Theodore Ted, Ted Logan. Ted Theodore Logan. Also... Evil Ted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a better way of saying it. Ted Logan. I'm giving him his full and his nickname. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill and Ted, they're back. And if you liked them in that first movie, you're going to like them in this movie. Yes, way. Because years have passed, but they're pretty much the same. What were you going to say about 
Uh, oh yeah granny preston um just a funny little aside a funny little joke uh my girlfriend sarah and i we always joke about granny preston you know the scene where you know she like she wants little young bill to give her a kiss and how terrifying that is we always have a laugh about that it's just a little a little in joke there that i thought i'd share yeah i mean in the movie it really is it's pretty terrifying, terrifying. yeah but it's funny we've got william sadler as death as death they malvined me. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he's really memorable. And he's fortunately, great. he's back in the new one yes, as well. But I can't he, wait for that. He plays the part really well. Yeah, his persona is just so interesting. It's just so funny. It's very ir- he's very irritable. And I'm going to try his name again, Chuck Dinomolos. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Got it. And playing him, we have Joss Ackland. Hmm. Not too familiar with that actor's name, but we have George Carlin returning as Rufus. For a little bit. For a little bit. I was surprised how, how little, little he actually how features. How underused, yeah. Yeah, he really is. Like, he's hardly in it at all. I mean, he essentially, he bookends the movie. Yeah. Although, we do find out that his character, at least, was in it more than that. Mm. Played by Pam Greer. Yeah. When he was disguised, he's disguised as, Miss, as yeah. Miss Wardrobe. Interesting so, that he's so underused. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know why. I don't know whether that was his choice that, or their choice. Yeah, that should stick in my craw as a, as, a, as, a, as a fan a lot more than it does. But it, it's something that's overlooked because the movie is, is just so, well, in my opinion, good. But yeah, I guess um, it's an afterthought, you know. Why is Rufus so underused in that movie? Maybe there was scheduling or filming conflicts. Who knows? But it's definitely noticeable that he just bookends the movie. Mm. Absolutely. Frank Welker, you may know him as the voice of Scooby-Doo. In this, he voices Satan, the Easter Bunny, and Station. Station? Nice. Have you heard the story around how they come up with the name Station? No, I'm curious to hear this. It was the result of a leftover editing typo. According to Ed Solomon, they had cut a scene from the script labelled Interior Police Station but they had left the station part dangling. And as they were drunk at the time, found out saying station in a tiny Martian voice was hilarious. So the name just stuck. So that's where station came so from. So that's where the scientist, just, Martian scientist name station comes from. It was an editing typo. And it's kind of a funny catch-all, a, catch, a rallying cry, a catch cry among fans. Uh, it's become like a sort of like a... Yeah, I guess like a war cry, like station, you know, like if something's awesome, you say station. If something's, you know, something rules and you're happy with it, you say station. And that's kind of like what Bill and Ted fans do. And I do it. And it's embarrassingly so to everyone else, but I, pff, I don't care. And according to Solomon, it was an accident. Yeah, which there is crazy. And that's where it came from. I mentioned um, having a different director for this movie. Mm-hmm. I did um, do a little bit of prep, which I completely forgot about. Stephen Herrick, he directed the first movie, but he declined to come back for this one because he thought it was almost a parody of a movie that was already a parody. Hmm. So too silly. How about that? Joke's on him. You know, there's that scene early on and you've got Bill and Ted at home and they're watching Star Trek. Yep. And you've got Kirk and, you know, he's in the... Yep. And he's, he's talking through his little transistor. When the evil robots confront Bill Bill Ted. Ted. Yep. It's the same location. Yeah, I knew that. Cool though, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I pointed that out to Sarah in our rewatch the other week. I didn't know until I did prep for this. But anyway, I thought it was cool. Um, The soundtrack, uh, the album focuses on rock music 
appears throughout the film is to be expected. But doing the score, we got David Newman. Hmm. Two musicians actually cameo in the movie. You have Jim Martin from Faith No More. He appears in the future, comes out of the, um, the phone box, phone booth when he's introduced to the class, to Rufus's class. And he uh, obviously says station, station, then addresses the crowd. And they all say station back to him. Then later in the movie, you uh, the Battle of the Bands um, scene, you have uh, Les Claypool of Primus singing on stage. He, appear, he appears. So two musicians. That's cool. They're obviously playing to the audience. Yeah. And their, their knowledge of rock music. You mentioned the uh, upcoming Dark Horse comic. Mm-hmm. Up until now, I think IDW have had the license for a while. That's right. But back when the movie came out, Marvel Comics had the license. They did. They To coincide with the movie, they started with like a straight adaption of the movie. And what often happens when you get an adaption, whether it's like a junior novel mm-hmm. or a comic, there's often some changes. So it wasn't a direct lift from the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much the same, the same thing. Um, Evan Dorkin wrote and drew it. And then it was decided and decreed by the powers of be at Marvel that it should be expanded into its own comic book. So it ran 12 issues before it was cancelled, and it was called Bill and Ted's Excellent Comic Book. I have all those issues. Oh, do you really? Well, I, I have the first probably five or six. Um, I was not able to get the later issues. And then I, a trade came out, a trade paperback a few years ago, which, like a compendium, which got the whole run, um, except for one issue, which I actually have in singles. Um, I think it was issue eight because it was drawn by a different artist. Uh, and that came out. And so now I actually have the whole run from one to 12 in varying levels of collection, but they're all together. Oh, that's cool. Well, unlike that first adaption that Marvel did, mm-hmm. for this series then, it was completely original stories, mm-hmm. such as Death taking a vacation. Yeah, Death takes a job yeah. and he works with pretzels and cheese. The Princess's Old Suitors, mm-hmm. a medieval version of Bill and Ted. Yep. You even have Denomalous coming back with his like league of, of like evil dudes trying to get vengeance on Bill and Ted. He comes back from hell and they have to play the Reaper in order to come back to um, get vengeance. And they successfully beat the Reaper because he's such a lousy gamer. And oh, cool. they take on um, Bill and Ted. They have they have bad bad robot Bill and Ted, or bad Bill and Ted, I call them. Denomalous. You have two other guys by the name of Linus and Jeffrey, who may been, I think who are the the uh, the suitors, ex suitors of the princesses. So Linus and Jeffrey are the princesses ex-suitors. Then you have a couple of other weird people from different dimensions that Denomalous is rounded up. Yeah, all to come back and, you know, wreak vengeance on Bill and Ted. Yeah, they were great books. Yeah, I might have to go back and check out some of the comics. I remember when IDW first got the license, they were they were pretty good. Mm. Yeah, IDW went ahead and did a, a bunch of different books. They actually... Renamed, they actually rebranded and renamed one of their books, Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Probably, oh, in, right. probably in honor of the the original title through Bogus Journey. I think the one I read I collected was that. Bill and Ted Triumphant. Yep. I'm pretty sure that was one. Yep, I got that as well. So there were miniseries, both uh, both Go to Hell and Triumphant, uh, Triumphant Return, I think it was called, uh, both miniseries, as uh, this new one, Bill and Ted Are Doomed, will be. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact they've gone back to the guy that worked for Marvel all those years Evan ago. Dorkin. yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm pumped for that. I can't wait because he has a real good handle on these characters. And the future of Bill and, Bill and Ted. And the future of Bill and Ted. Like, we're finally going to get a third movie. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dark Horse have now got the comic license, so they're going to continue there. And who knows? Like, you know, again, there's a big audience for these characters. Yeah, and they're... maybe they could bring them back to animation, like we had an animated series That's after right. that first movie. That's right. The, sec- the new movie is going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see where they go. Uh, the trailer for it got released about a month or so ago, and I've been watching it multiple times. Um, and it looks good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing where they go with it. Uh, there's not a lot known about it. They have released very little footage. We do know that Death is back. Uh, we know that they encounter their older selves um, in the future. Um, we have a rough idea of the plot for it, but definitely looking forward to seeing it this more. And I really want to see some nods and winks to the earlier canon, the earlier continuity. Yeah, Don't I'm think sure. We'll get them, but... Yeah, I'm sure they'll build on what's already already come. I mean, they even did it in this movie. So when evil Bill and Ted arrive in the car park, yep. in the phone booth, there's scorch marks from where Rufus first arrived in That's Excellent right. Adventure. So even there, they're yeah. doing callbacks to what came the Circle before. K. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K, dude. I mean, there's some great visuals in this movie. Mm. Like, it's really cheesy, but I do like it when you've got evil Bill and Ted. And they're pulling apart the stomachs and they've got the wires yeah. and robotics underneath. That was cool. And then when they pull their faces back, that rubber, and you see their, their, their skeleton, um, endoskeletons. It looks cool. It, it really looks so cool. rad. When Bill and Ted first die and they, you know, they fall off the top of the mountain, yep. and it's really cool how they're black and white. Yeah. So visually, they're doing some really interesting things here. Mm. When we see Rufus at the beginning and he's wearing the outfit, and yeah. I'm like, what is he wearing? <laughs> like, it just it, looks like some big kind of polystyrene padded suit. It looks like... But it's meant to... I get it. It's meant to depict the future. It is, but it looks a bit shit. It looks atrocious. It looks like they were ready to shoot and they realised they've not got something for Rufus to to wear quick. We've got a couple of minutes. What can you put together? One thing I think the reason why this movie does so well is not just visually, but it's so quotable. There are so many good lines and it's so funny. I mean... My friend, uh, my friend from school, um, Adam and I, we quote that movie and we have quoted that movie for years and years and years on end and we always text each other with funny little non-seconders from the movie and we know exactly what the quotes are and where they come from straight away. I mean, they are iconic characters and mm. you'd struggle to find someone that has not heard of Bill and Ted. No, and this movie does a great job in fleshing them out further and really fleshing out the, the supporting cast. We learn more about um, Ted's parents and Bill's parents. We learn that... That uh, Bill's mum, Missy, leaves leaves his dad for Ted's. No, yeah, that's right. Leaves this. It was the stepmom, wasn't it? His yeah, stepmom, and then gets with Ted's Ted's dad. Dad, yeah, that's right. Because there's always the recurring joke, dude. I can't believe your dad left left that your mom left your dad. I know. I married mine. Shut up, Ted. But then, if you if you watch the end credits. It's revealed that she then hooks up with... Denomalous. Denomalous, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a weird headline that appears in the papers. But it's canon. It's in the movie. Yeah. So, like, you find, oh, okay, that's... That's, that's interesting. interesting. That's what yeah. I love about it. All these characters, that they take on a life of their own, and they're great. And you remember the, the, the connections. You remember, like, who, who who's who and, you know, how they all link up. And that's what I love about it. As it stands here in Australia, Face the Music is due to come out in August. Mm-hmm. And I will be watching it on the big screen. That's I'm looking I, forward to it. Me too. I might just need to go back and do... I'll do a, a rewatch again. Yeah. As you can tell, I really try to like Bill and Ted more, more than I do. But I appreciate so much about it. And I like that it exists, and it, it is entertaining for the most part. But let, let's, let's start with you. If you're going to rate it out of five. 
Um, look, five. Yeah, I, I, I am. I am. I don't care what people say. Five. I love it. I grew up with it. I, I love this movie so much that when I was like 13 and in primary school, I would wear uh, a checkered final shirt and a backwards cap, just like Bill, to school because I loved these characters so much. So, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm sitting here today next to you wearing a, a final shirt right now because of Bill. Um, that's how much these, these characters resonate with me and mean to me. Um, and I think, you know, their, their creator of party on and be excellent to each other is needed in the times we're living in now. Their credo that, that they greet the world with, their message, the way they just want people to just rock out and be rad to each other, just be excellent to each other, literally just be cool to each other and, and, and just enjoy life and enjoy music is something that is needed in life right now. And I think we need that third movie, Face the Music, more than ever. And their message needs to be heard more than ever. And maybe, you know, metaphorically, we need them to save our world. You know, we need that kind of entertainment. We need that kind of youthful and infectious optimism and faith in humanity and music to come back and save the world um, from, from the perils we find ourselves in in the real world. So the, to me, they'll always be resonant. They'll always have like a powerful message and just the lightheartedness and the campiness and the fun of it, you know, I'm going to go with a five because these characters to me are so beloved and I love them. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. And on that note, I'm going to come in a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. Not as low as I did with Excellent Adventure, because again, I've lived with that regret. But I'm going to come in at a comfortable three out of five. That's fair. I did remember enjoying this one more than the first one when we did our review of Excellent Adventure. And that still is the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like them as characters for the most part. But whether it's because I didn't have such a strong connection with them when I was younger, mm. and then now at 36, you know, watching them again, with this new one, although they're still going to be playing the same characters, they are going to be older. Old. That's do, going to be interesting. They've got grown-up daughters, mm. so maybe I'll find something to... Maybe I'll find more common grounds mm. with them with them now. In the comics, they actually had sons. And in the, if you remember at the end of Focus Journey, they have little Bill and little Ted. Right, okay, yep. but so I guess they were always girls, maybe? Or... They've retconned it, and they've got daughters in this new one. It could be time travel related, who knows? But mm. yeah, they've got daughters in this new one. So honestly, I am generally looking forward to watching Face the Music, and I'm glad that we, we covered Bogus Journey. Absolutely. Well, that's it for our episode all about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Not a problem, dude. Thanks for having me. And everyone out there, party on and be excellent to each other. Station! Station! Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Yes way, dude.